All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again, as always, in the blockhouse with Kelly. How's it going, Kelly? It's an interesting cadence. It's going fine. Happy to be here again. Still able to breathe, which is great. Oh, yes, yes. The fires are long gone, but we are not taking breathing for granted here. Really? Trying That's sign on the window. Well, that and coronavirus, I guess, will oh, stop yeah. your breathing. So, Shit. so yeah, we are. Good thing that's not real. Good, or anything to worry about. Nothing to worry about. Smoke, not to worry about. We'll just adapt. We'll just adapt. How are you? I'm doing great. And we'll talk about that <laughs> later. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for my feelings. But first, but first, Kelly, yes. we have to talk about why we're here. Right. Okay. Which is. Bob Dylan. Yeah. This is a Bob Dylan podcast. If mm-hmm. you didn't know, mm-hmm. this is a Bob Dylan podcast. We listen to a random Bob Dylan song every single episode. Mm-hmm. And then we listen to it for a week and then we come back together to talk about it. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as a default port for unencrypted NNTP. That's Network News Transfer Protocol Connections. And this week, we listen to 1962's you're no good. I mean, the first it, track off of Bob is Dylan. Is it a port number or are we talking about like a connection type? What is the answer? I think, well, no, the answer is 119. That's the default port number. I come home last night, you wouldn't even let me in. Well, sometimes you're as sweet as anybody want to be. When you get a crazy notion jumping all of me. When you give me the blues, I guess you're satisfied. And you give me the blues, I want to lay down and die. No, I think from what I could tell, the network news transfer protocol was, I don't know if it's still used, but it's something that early, I assume journalists use to share information. Like they would share info on this hmm. server. I have no idea. Like every time I get onto Wikipedia and things are stylized in a coded way, like there's a code there, you know, like with this, like a network news transfer protocol, it'll have a different font so that it doesn't like do the coding, you oh, know, they change right, 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 it right, right, right. so it looks a certain way, so it yeah. doesn't actually enact the code. Every time I, I stumble upon anything resembling that, my mind goes numb, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm in the wrong spot. I viewed Source by accident. I have to go back. So I have no idea what it means, except for, like, very quickly. I was like, oh, it's, like, journalists use it. Well, There's, like, serve nets. Like, these, all these things from pre-us, like, our internet time. You know, people used to use, like, use serve, serve nets. Like, things where people could share information. Well, that's how you use the dark web still. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I think that this was not a dark web. but so a news groups. A news group. Yeah, essentially. So I think that's what it was. But it was, like, a maybe some sort of uh, see, unencrypted. Well, right? so what so, I, like, I'm thinking, and I don't know, just like rough guess, because yeah. IP addresses are broken up into uh, three series of numbers, basically. So it's like 168 is the normal like network access one, dot, whatever, and then dot, three-digit number, that's your device ID, basically. Right. So I'm assuming that the 168, which is the normal one, is, oh, is 119. So 119 for this thing. I, I would think. Okay, so if you're on the 119 thing, then you know you're, you're in a certain sp- spot. Yeah. Okay. I would think. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But I had no idea. Great. Kelly, we're not here to talk about network transfer protocols or unencrypted networks. Damn. Because we don't encrypt any of this sweet podcast (laughs) that you're listening to. Accessible (laughs) to all, baby. This week we listened to You're No Good off of Bob Dylan's very first record. In fact, the first song off of Bob Dylan. Pop this record on in 1962. And this is the first song you hear? This is the first song you hear. Wow. This is Bob's first, first song, if you will. Wow. How do you feel about this song? This kind of hits a lot of your boxes. Oh, yeah. I mean, guitar harmonica, eh, one and a half minutes long. 138, yeah. Um, and it, he's just like cruising. And mm. it's like feels so chaotic and good musically. Lyrically, it's like sexist garbage, but uh, musically really fun. Yeah. I mean, I assume if you listen to this, you're either like, this guy's a heretic. I mean, back in then, back in the 60s, you're probably like, this guy's a heretic. Burn him. <laughs> Like, I hate this. This is yeah. not what yeah, I yeah. want. Or you're like, this boy's fresh. That's right. Because yeah. women be shopping. Uh, that is basically the the kind of song that this is. Yep. Bob's version. Uh, Jesse Fuller's version, who we'll talk about soon, is a l- way darker. Way darker of a woman than Bob's naive, like, women be shopping. <laughs> women be shopping. But we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but you did enjoy the song. 
I did, yeah, other than yeah. the lyrical content, but which is kind of secondary because, yeah. wow, how do you even hear the words over that harmonica <laughs> solo and just... Harmonica solo. Bob's, I mean, delivery is excellent. So, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about those feelings in a moment. As for context, though, uh, like I said, this is the very first song on his first record. That's so funny. Not only that, but it also... It also led the sessions for this. So he played this song eight times in a row. Very, you know, just imagine him walking into Studio A, Columbia Records. <laughs> ah! um, and I think that nervous energy, like, comes out. Like, oh, he totally. feels totally unhinged. And it's really cool. And to follow this up with a song, uh, his, uh, his own song, Talking New York, is also a pretty baller move. You know, for a record of just traditional songs that were kind of in the early days of the folk revival just kind of you know adapting them for his own business he has two original songs on here and they're great song to woody being the great one the great great one and talking new york which follows this it's like oh cool we get this fucking crazy song and then an original from bob dylan that that must be a neat experience uh, for somebody who's like trying to find a new artist at that time but yeah he played it eight times in a row four of them being unique takes complete takes um track five was the one that was released uh march 19th 1962 with the record on the initial run of Bob Dylan, they mislabeled the song uh, as She's No Good instead of You're No Good. So I'm sure that record's worth a lot of money at this point. Wow. Yeah. Uh, during take three, he did a spoken intro called Connecticut Cowboy that did not make it on the record. Although I'm sure later on, because of the leeway they give Bob to like mess up and laugh, he even kind of laughs on this take, um, but to like laugh on a lot of takes and do do that. I'm sure this would have made it on a future record, but this did not Make the cut, not for any reason. It was 30 seconds long. If you've never heard it, I'll play it below right now. Learn this from a cowboy. Wears a Stetson hat, has got a black mustache. Comes from the dusty plains and the open valleys up there in Connecticut. Okay. I feel like, I thought that was just like, him kind of mentally getting ready for what he was about to do just like you know strumming and just like saying dumb shit oh yeah to get ready to play the song i well, didn't know that was like a serious no sure and he could have been like in between you know first time being like oh i fucked up i fumbled right yeah. first false start of I'm his career about the yeah and then they're like all right bob wait a second it's you like, sound right, good everything yeah. sounds good okay go ahead roll <laughs> on one yes uh, although no it would be john hammond so we don't get any fun uh tom wilson or um bob johnston vibes uh no so just our boy John Hammond sitting over there. Anyways, we also listened to a version on uh, what is known today as the first McKenzie tapes. This was recorded three days after he recorded this for Columbia Records. So he recorded this November 20th uh, and the 22nd were the two days of the sessions. This was the first song he did. So presumably on the 20th. And uh, yeah, then he recorded at um, even um, even Mac McKenzie's house in New Jersey. Um, and that's what we're listening to. We listened to a version on the first McKenzie tapes, which is very faithful to what he just did. So is it like, is that like a house party? Yeah. Yeah. They oh, just okay. recorded him. Yeah. It was confusing because I mean, the audio sounds terrible. It sounds like someone's just recording in a uh -huh. room, which is what's happening while there's like a party going on. But I couldn't tell if it's Bob stomping because he's not playing the harmonica. That's the only difference. Hmm. Um, but there's stomping. And I was like, I wonder if that's somebody listening stomping or if it's Bob. <laughs> Don't worry. Things are going to go great, kid. It's not going to be a flop at all. And it was, though. Yeah. That's the joke. That's the joke. Oh, nice. Yes. Fine. Uh, this song was not Bob Dylan's, as a lot of Bob Dylan is. This was actually done by a man named Jesse Fuller. Jesse Fuller. No. Jesse Heard of him. Fuller. Fuller. He's Fuller. He's full on life. <laughs> Jesse Fuller was born in 1896. That's and not really. I know. And he was part of that, like, you know, working class musicians that became big because of the folk revival. He always kind of played music, but never took it seriously. He worked tons of odd jobs. He grew up in Georgia, moved to California, worked on the railroads, all kinds of stuff. Um, his first record is kind of about railroad songs. Um, he caught his first break at Monterey Pop, or I guess not the Pop Festival, but the Jazz Festival uh, back in 1959. Then he toured Europe uh, and inspired a lot of people for his inventiveness. Now, he's known for two major reasons. One of them 
is a great song called San Francisco Bay Blues uh, that he wrote and has been covered throughout these last 60, 70 years. It's definitely become a standard of folk blues music. And Bob Dylan played this, played that song in particular before You're No Good and well after You're No Good. Um, You're No Good really just kind of, he played that this one time over these four days uh, that we know of, and then he just kind of dropped it and we never hear it again. Hmm. Uh, and he's also famous for being probably the most famous one man band out there. Um, this included him on a regular guitar, a 12 string guitar. He'd have a harmonica, a kazoo, a hi hat, and something called a fotella. Sorry, a fotella, which was like a foot diller. That's the, the words combined together, which was like to originally to make like a bass sound. With your foot, like with the hi-hat there, if you're trying to do something like that. But instead, he he, it's a foot-operated string bass wow. that he invented. So he invented this machine. And there's a famous photograph online, if you search for Jesse Fuller, of him smiling, holding a guitar. And he has the Fotella, Fotella, Fot, F-O-T-D-E-L-L-A, a Fotella, next to him. And it's amazing. It's, it's impressive. Like, I, I would love to see him play that or anybody, oh, anybody play, play that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it was after Europe that he actually got a bunch of um, calls, if you will, from across the country to come and play, you know, because you're famous now. Let's let's do this thing. Uh, and one of the places he went to was Denver, Colorado. Oh, wow. And he went to a club called The Exodus, uh, which is, it, no, it closed in 1982, but pretty good life, if you will. Uh, it was at 19th and Lincoln Street, which um, we don't know Denver that well on a, on a real personal basis, but it is just a little east of like traditional downtown. Um, but it's right there. It's technically downtown. Um, one of its levels, probably a basement level, was called the Catacombs, and that's where a lot of traveling musicians would just come and play, and it was a lot more of a loose atmosphere. And one day, Bob Dylan met Jesse Fuller. Because Bob Dylan in was in Denver. Yeah, he left in 1959. He spent the summer in Denver, got driven out. Um, driven out? Yeah, he stole the records. and oh, nice. Yeah, just yeah. he didn't have a great time. But that's for another – it's a story for another day. Uh, he would meet people like Judy Collins and Doc Watson there as well. So, I mean, he was – That's right. That's why we talked about that before. Yes. Uh, it's widely believed that Dylan – and it's probably true – that Dylan got the idea of the harmonica rack from – Jesse Fuller as well. Um, so watching him do it was probably like, how can I do these two things that I like and enjoy? Boom. I could put them together. And Bob Dylan, I mean, is probably the most famous artist that you would think of that wears that rack. You know, you, you watch him in those old videos from the 60s. He's wearing that rack. I mean, who the fuck wears racks like that anymore? I can't name another artist, you know? It's, it's yeah. weird because you just think it's like something everyone does. But no, people don't do it. You know why? Because people don't fucking play harmonica. I mean, harmonica is weird. It's a weird instrument. Yeah, weird. I was, I was listening to uh, Black Sabbath, and I was like, there's a fucking harmonica on this song. And I was like, bring back harmonica and metal. Bring it back. I mean, it can be used well. I mean, well, I'm sure there's like, like some darker harmonica and and shit, I feel like they True? probably throw a harmonica in there. It, it's, I think it's naive of us to say like, there's no. nobody else. Or, no, no, no. They no. don't do that anymore, but. No, no, no. But there's no famous. I mean, there's just not like a look. There's not like I'm posing for a magazine and I have my huge contraption on my yeah. face. You know, yeah. they'd be like, get that out of your face, bud. No, no, definitely people using harmonica, but it definitely invokes a certain feeling, I feel like. Uh, Dylan and Fuller would later on share a bill together only one time in their career. Probably didn't, you know, I mean, hopefully they said hello to one another, I guess. But I mean, Jesse Fuller at this time is older. Um, he's in his 60s, you know, and Bob's. 19, 20 years old, uh, University of Michigan had a folk festival in April of 1962. So they both played on that bill. As for You're No Good, uh, Dylan recorded it before Jesse Fuller did. So unless Fuller played it in Denver, um, he might not have actually heard it from him. Hmm. He might have heard it from Ramblin' Jack Elliott. And Fuller, uh, yeah, recorded it in 1963, so a year, year after Bob. Um, in the notes for Biograph, a song that we've done, Baby, I'm in the Mood for You, he notes Jesse Fuller as being an influence of that song, probably, quote, probably, um, which retroactively makes sense. Because, I mean, if I could think of another song that's just as like fast and crazy and loose, mm -hmm. it would be Baby, I'm in the Mood for You. So that's pretty cool. I wonder what it is about Fuller that just like makes him take the, his songs and just fucking like work them. Yeah, I just love it. I, like maybe he's just a punk rock dude. And he's like, I'm just going to do it in the spirit that you should be doing it in. Uh, Fuller uh, died in 1976 in Oakland. Um and his uh, electric acoustic guitar that he used from Sears and uh, the Fodella 
are both in the Smithsonian. Nice. Yes. So if I ever convince my sister to break me in. Because she works there. Yes. I want to see them. That'd be cool. Then I can play it. Do you have to be broken in? Do you have to, no, they could, do you have to break in? No, they, I could probably just be a guest. But that's not as fun. The song itself, the two versions in particular, if we're going to compare the two in any way, um, are not the same. I mean, Bob Dylan, of course, does what Bob Dylan always has done. And it's just funny from song number one to today, anytime he takes a song like this, he just changes the words, changes the entire scope of the song, perception of the song. Like the two versions to me couldn't be couldn't be more different. Because Bob's is just she be shopping. That's exactly what I wrote. She be shopping, nice, nice. and 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 Jesse's is like this person is like a sex worker. She's a whore. Well, that's what She's I was going to say. Yeah. Even with the Bob version, I was like, in the kindest, it's women be shopping, but in the darkest, it's a prostitute that he's also abusing. So, yeah, great. Well, and that maybe that's like that's the thing where you just know, like, if you know the song, then you know the riffing off of this song, but like. Yeah, I did. I wouldn't get that vibe. I, I would basically get from Bob's version is that I'm in love with somebody who treats me bad. I'm just in love with somebody who treats me bad. Well, the, that's it. <laughs> I didn't start reading that until the last line. And maybe something where he's like, she gives all my money, money to, to another, another man. man. I was like, yeah. oh, he's definitely like a John who is taken right. like fell in love with the stripper. Uh, and he's mad at her for not mm. leaving that lifestyle. As if it's her choice to begin with. I found you when you had no food. Clearly you're in sex work because you like doing this, not because you're fucking desperate. You're an idiot. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah, his though is is a little more ambiguous because it could also just be cheating on him with someone else. Whereas I don't think Jesse full of Jesse's, his final lines are, when you wake up in the morning, always wake up late right down to the corner trying to get yourself a date. I mean, that's pretty explicit. So unless, again, you're being coy about just like she is with someone else and you're she like, that <laughs> uh, so it's one, it's one way or the other. I mean, it's hard to tell, but I mean, with the blues too, I mean, there's a whole history of that. And certainly if you're going to drag someone, might as well drag a woman. I'm getting my But, you know, there's a lot of changes between the two of them. Like, I mean, Bob, uh, the second verse for Bob, well, sometimes you're as sweet as anybody wants to be. Um, you know, Jesse Fuller says you're as pretty as anybody want to be. Like, what's why change that? Uh, and then uh, Jesse Fuller says, when you took a dirty notion, she's running all over me. Bob changes that to when you're when you get a crazy notion of jumping all over me. Why? You know, and the uh, dirty versus crazy. Like, I mean, is he? Is Bob maybe, you know, taming the lyrics? I mean, we I talk like, about that a lot, yeah. but he probably is in yeah. some way. Because um, it's still 1962, and, you know, you can't really be that explicit. I mean, because even years after this, they would be, uh, for Rainy Day Women, they would marvel at Ray Charles getting away with Let's Get Stoned, you know, to be able to get that played in America. Like, that's the kind of world we're living in, where everything is very, very naive, you yeah. know? Um, but it's yeah, your debut record from a young kid. It seems like maybe we don't come out with the prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. Or we, or we tamper it in a way where it doesn't, it's explicitly right. mentioned. I also think that if it is true that he got it from rambling Jack Elliott and he didn't actually, you know, cause back in the day, there's no fucking lyric search. You can't just like find everything and Spotify. So like, he might be like, I kind of remember the refrain. I kind of remember some verses cause I'm sure Bob's mind works like that. But I can't really recall everything, yeah. so he's just really trying to remember the best he can because he definitely makes it more of a of a pop song in the vein that he's about to explode and change music forever because he's taking some of those lines and making them 
that refrain. He's like turning them into like de facto choruses when he's singing, you know, you give me the blues and I just want to lay down and die. You give me the blues. I hope you're satisfied. Like he, that's something that's only said once in Jesse's version, but Bob is making that a constant refrain between the two parts of the song. And that's great. I mean, that's like, that's smart. Yeah. (laughs) You made a hook. Yeah. I mean, and for, you know, thinking about the songs, I mean, we listened to, um, see that my grave is cut clean. House of the Rising Sun, you know, and those are really traditional. So he doesn't really fuck with them that much. But even song to Woody, there's no real, there's no chorus. I mean, Bob Dylan doesn't do choruses, right? Famously, but he does have refrains. He does have these like thoughts that he kind of puts and punctuates. And it's cool on his very first song in the studio that he does something just like that. I find that very, that's actually really rewarding. I hadn't really thought about that. Also, I think that Bob sounds ecstatic about being trampled on by this woman whereas jesse sounds real like mad about it which uh, makes a lot more sense because if if jesse's version is true even in his head yeah i get it i'd be i'd be mad too my money's going to someone else the person i love is doesn't want to be with me but bob is like fuck yeah fuck yeah It's been a it's been a week or two since we've been able to actually play some music. I mean, honestly, the music for me is by far the best part about this. Bob Dylan fucking going punk uh, with this song. I, I love how fast it is. I can't think of another song of this time that is like as manic as this energy is. And again, I don't want to chuck it up to Bob Dylan being a genius or reading a room or people like really reading into stuff, but there is this side of Dylan that I don't think we talk about enough that is right here. It's great. Um, So we haven't been able to play a lot of music because of like rainy day women and stuff and some songs that don't really have a lot of guitar, but you, all I learned from Dylan chords was Bob uses a G harmonica. Yeah. What's that? I don't know. I found it funny. A lot of people were looking for, they wanted tabs for this. I mean, I get it. It's a fun ass solo. But I was like, man, oh, for the ta- tabs for harmonica. Yeah. I was like, what does tabs for harmonica yeah, look like? Nuts, How do you even do that? But yeah, people were like, yeah. Well, some people were like, oh, it's great. Bob Dylan playing harmonica? Just blow into it like a crazy loon. Yeah. That's the tab. And I'm like, please, that's sir. There's a lot of finesse in like intentionality. That's Absolutely. That's why he's a good there. harmonica player. He's a great harmonica player. And not player. just someone picking up a toy. <laughs> Absolutely. And anybody who's not touched by, you know, all of his great harmonica solos, we've had a great, a couple of great ones because that harmonica can can really hit a note that you just don't listen to enough in popular music where you're just like, Ooh, that feels good. Just the sound of it mixed with a guitar and just like the longing that you can make, like from like a letting a note ride on a guitar, but then have the harmonica, like go even longer over it. Oh, it's just so good. He does not do it here. Here, it's more akin to, uh, remember we, uh, I don't remember what song we had, but he does the little train noise. I mean, it's more of that. I mean, it's just kind of like, I'm showing off, which I think is totally appropriate for album one. I think everything he does serves the music. No, he only plays it like three and then he stops to have his voice. Oh, yeah. It's probably just the same chords. Just... Yeah, okay. There you go. 
does this song work today? Just insert a clip from me saying in another episode, acoustic instruments. Well, sure. Blah, blah. <laughs> I think that it works because it's really fast and yeah. really punk sounding. I mean, it sounds like it's out of time. Like a, an acoustic folk punk band would play this song, could play this song. This could be turned into any punk song. Yeah. Uh, lyrically uh, questionable. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem. But, but even if you don't, even if you play this straight... It just creates a continuity, a link in the chain, you know, of, of one tradition to another. And it's just it's just an here it is sort of song. And that's kind of all it is. It's a here it is sort of song. This is no better than any song like it. And it is not worse than any song like it. Like this song has been written worse and this song has been written better. So, uh, so no, I would say it's totally worth it. Um, I think that Bob Dylan, the album, it's, it's something I don't listen to that often. I don't think it has a really big lore story. Like, I don't think it's something that we like when we teach Bob Dylan 101, I don't think we start here. I think we start with fucking free will and Bob Dylan. And if you didn't write free will and Bob Dylan, I genuinely do believe that Bob would just be in this album itself would be in a lot of like buy one, get two free record bins okay. across the country. I, I think that he would have been a fine transcriber, if you will, of folk songs and having song to Woody and talk in New York on this album means that he would be one of those artists that would have an entire record of covers and one song. And it might be one really good song, but that would be it, you know? And so I'm really glad that instead of that, we got Bob Dylan and all of the, all of the great songs that he's been able to give us because you can kind of tell from this cool energy, but you can't really tell what's coming lyrically, even though song to Woody, I mean, I think both of us can agree. That's a really beautiful song. Um, even if it's really being carried a lot by Woody Guthrie in that vein. Um, so yeah, this song definitely works. I think this is a great introduction to Bob Dylan. I think it's a really fun idea if somebody was like, I'm going to do a discography, which I've certainly done a lot where I build a whole discography yeah. of an artist. Imagine somebody building a 40 album discography of this guy and starting with you're no good. That's cool. That's a really fun idea. And I would love to see them when they get to murder most foul. What do you think? I mean, that's kind of what this podcast is. Wow. That's pretty intense. I know, right? Of his body of work. Of his body of work. Studio recordings. This is the very first song, and we've heard, so far, the very last song. We've heard the very last song. Wow. wow. What an amazing world. Kelly, did you know that we're a real podcast mm -hmm. in this amazing world? I feel like I know it harder now than ever. <laughs> Good. We are intermittently on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can follow us there. Or you can just subscribe to us in your podcast feed. Because that's we, really the best. It's just Daniel. Can't stress that anymore. We. We're the royal we. And if you want to give the royal we some money, we are on Patreon for, for a dollar. You can sponsor an episode. And whatever the next one is, we will tell you. Now, we've already laid out that next week will be our final episode of season four. We only did 20 this year in this terrible COVID world. Hey, 20 for 2020. 20 for 20 for 2020. It's like 30 for 30 with ESPN in their shorts. 20 for 20. That's what we did. You're welcome, America. I mean... It's it's been a year. It's been a fucking At year. Least we did twenty. I'm shocked that we've done twenty. Genuinely, um, the desire to do twenty has not really been there. So I'm glad we pushed through. Yeah. The desire for me is back a little bit. Good. I wonder why. I don't know. Before we get there, we did make a playlist this week, though. That I gotta say once again, fire. Excellent. I don't think we get enough praise for our <laughs> our playlist. I want to say that out there right now to all of you. I'm not getting enough praise. I expect a tweet. Uh, you. Yeah. The, we. The royal we are not getting. We definitely are not getting enough praise. Well, the royal I. I expect. <laughs> yes. The, the royal I and I as well, but also we. <laughs> Together, the eyes make a we. We need praise. Praise us. Thank you. Praise us. Uh, welcome back to the playlist for the for the third time. Ultramagnetic Ultra MCs. No shit, really? Yeah. Which we'll, we'll just keep going with that record. Huh. Blood Orange for the second time. You're not good enough. Uh, Johnny Cash for the 11th time. No Earthly Good. Great song. And the Beatles for the 12th time, which I think are now the above most... Radiohead. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's Radiohead <laughs> and them that are the two. I, no, Radiohead might only have like 10, but they're pretty high too. Uh, you're going to lose that girl. Uh, of course, the classic. But that's it. Welcome to the podcast. Brand new. Van Halen, You're No Good. R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen, who just died while we were recording this uh, a couple days before. Uh, welcome to the playlist. Amy Winehouse. No. You no, know I'm no good. No Absolutely. way. 
No way. R.I.P. to Amy Winehouse. Slush Puppy, not good at being bad. I've never heard of them. They're great. Tammy Wynette, first time your good girl's going to go bad. Don Ross, great little acoustic song. At first I thought it was uh, Deanna Ross. And then I heard that. I was like, (laughs) what the fuck is this? No goodbyes from him. Uh, Looking Glass, love that. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Definitely heard that song before. Definitely went on my 1972 playlist. So all is well in this world. Nice. Okay. Okay. So that's where I heard it for sure. Roberta Flack doing a Leonard Cohen cover cover of Hey, That's No Way to Say Goodbye. That's a good song. Uh, Songs Ohio. Uh, almost was good enough. That's, Do you know this band? Yes, Jason Molina, who unfortunately passed away. But yeah, Songs Ohio was the first iteration of a band that was called Electric Magnolia Electric Company. Okay. And they're just yeah, just like a Lucero type, you know, Tennessee Kentucky sound, like progressive people doing sort of like spooky. Gothic type of music, yeah. Uh, Really slow. I mean, like, slow core is not really right. But, yeah, they are definitely, like, you want to drink whiskey and be sad in, like, kudzu surroundings. (laughs) That's how I feel when I listen to them. And, unfortunately, Jason Molina passed away, which is very sad because he's a great songwriter. Ice Age, You're Nothing. First time with Ice Age. Love them. Knuckle Puck, out of nowhere. Love that shit. No, No good. Fantastic. No, I never heard of them. Oh, this is like a Daniel band. I know. Oh, when they started screaming, I was like, what is this? (laughs) I was like, I need to fit that perfectly somewhere. Uh, Jesse Fuller, of course, you're no good. First time for him. Uh, And another one, like uh, K. Tronada, I feel like has also been on here, but not on my list. Yeah, with Sid. With Sid, yeah. Sid is, yeah, this would be two for that, but I'm not doing the featuring unless they're like a band together. Uh, So yeah, K. Tronada for the first time. Anyways, our playlists are great, and please praise them. Kelly, we were also people in the world that 2020 world. What were you doing? It's true. I did have pocket to this. It is good for context. This is an episode happening in 2020. Kelly, we were also people in the world in 2020. What would you recommend for people out there that maybe you did this week or music or? I bridged too far. I don't know if I'd recommend anything I've done. But I can tell you what I did. <laughs> okay. I mean, you did play guitar this week. You would I'd probably recommend people play guitar. Oh, yeah. That seems nice. So, hobbies. Hobbies are good. Yeah. I, I know most of uh, War Pigs. Oh, nice. Fun. Well, it's funny because we started this year. We were changed up the recommendations slightly. I remember this year I was like, let's recommend things we think people will want. Or like you like this thing and you want them to experience it. Yeah. And now 2020 has happened and we're like – I don't care if you like or want this. This is what I needed. And this is what I did. Yeah. And this is what I did, which yeah. is back to like, and maybe that's really what we need to yeah. just keep it as. So Yeah, my uh, emotional support, NBC Six. <laughs> yeah, which have been a thread from, you know, it's like you don't even have to say it. I mean, you and I both are going, like I'm rewatching Happy Endings again. Like it's just, that is going to be forever. Dude, I got it's forever. all of community again and like. A week. Yeah, I mean, well, I saw your setup at work. You got this yeah. nice little tiny monitor, um, and it's like, yeah, I'll just watch it in this tiny part of the screen yeah. in between all my work. That's clutch. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it totally works. I mean, because I'm treating it as a podcast. When you've watched it so many times already, you're just listening to it. Yeah, it's just on the screen. Well, especially if you just have it queued up to to like just play yep. forever, oh, and yeah. ever and ever. Yep, and I do. Yeah, great. I mean, yeah. So you're you're going through your NBC cycle mm-hmm. per usual. But yeah, recommend people play guitar. Um, guitar. On the subject, yeah. I guess I should say uh, Marty Music is usually the guy that on YouTube. Marty M A R T Y Music. Okay. Um, he's one of my favorite teachers that I found that actually takes the time to slow it down and break it down. He doesn't go like he'll, he'll depending on the, the song he'll go into the solos pretty in depth, but uh, most of them he doesn't. He just gives you the the main riff. So that's a little frustrating. Like with War Pigs, he's like, okay, then you just do E minor pentatonic stuff, which I get, but it's like. Sometimes when there's certain techniques that, that like, Tommy Iommi's using, right. that I want to know what exactly he's doing during that part so that I can use that. Now that becomes part of my guitar signal, right? Maybe Marty, guitar signal. <laughs> Maybe Marty doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, uh, yeah, just. just <laughs> I think that. he knows. The okay. guy's pretty talented. But, <laughs> but how did he learn? Why did my voice break on that? What learn? Marty. Uh, I've been watching Alone, which is a survival competition show. Wow, you guys love these survival competition yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, Right, Naked and Afraid. Yeah, and we then... definitely watched almost all of that. What is Alone on? Uh, Death's History. Oh, God. History. Yeah, history. What history. are history. we history. doing? History. 
It's oh, I like I looked at this is the equivalent of someone reading the headline and not reading the article. The title of a YouTube video that was like what happened to the history channel yeah, and I had to pick I watched up Pawn Stars. And I was like, oh. oh yeah, that might have been the first thing they did. Possibly, yeah. No, I watched the. Uh, there's a Quentin reviews uh, does did a, a whole like hour long dive into, and it's not just that. It's really just becoming like a World War Two Nazi like oh, fake alien stuff and just like Nazi weapons and shit. And yeah. I'm I'm looking at you know my sister's dating somebody who is like that kid is like believes that kind of shit because it's so prevalent in our society that. The Nazis could have won just, if they just had finished their weapons in time. And it's like, no, they were fucking insane people who had insane ideas that, of things that could never exist. Because History Channel is saying that it's all premised on alien technology. You're like, what is – what am I watching? Yeah. I'm sure Pawn Stars and stuff didn't help. I mean, the reality TV shit. But even with Pawn Stars, like, you're at least – Bob Dylan was on an episode of Pawn Stars. Let's not discount that. Um it's totally contrived. He's walking the guy, the bigger guy, whatever his name is. He's like walking around Vegas with a fucking, I think with Bob Dylan and he just stumbles upon Bob Dylan and they like talk and he signs the thing for the guy. It's bizarre. So we'll have to talk about that whenever we talk about Dharma and Greg. Um, Cause I've got it on a list of Bob Dylan, like TV appearances. appearances. Yeah. yeah. But I mean like, at least with that, they do talk about like, here's this gun. This is where this gun came from. Here's yeah. this, a record. Here's where this record. So you can came make from. an argument that there's history. I think you, for sure. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it on a fluff level, and I, I also the shit out of Pawn Stars. It was fine. It's interesting because you learned a little bit of stuff. Like, yes, that's neat. Well, that's why the Nazi stuff just like it's all fake. It's just like really dumb, or like trying to find Nazis, like they like Nazi hunters or whatever. Like the people like going and harassing people in Argentina for like oh. some fake. Thing. Or if if they did have Nazis that they were hiding out, have been dead for like 40 years and were like harassing people. It's just like Neat. terrible. Yeah. So anyways, History Channel, trash. But not alone. Alone's probably great. Uh, yeah, so they basically, they dump 10 people uh, on Vancouver Island twice, which is in oh, Canada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one season was Patagonia. One season mm. was Mongolia. Nice. <laughs> so it's kind of like Survivor. Uh, but they're not together. They're completely separate. They're, and they're not alone. They're alone. Yes, yes. Gotcha. That's the whole thing. So they're all in the same general area, but they're all at least three miles away from each other, and they're not allowed to... It, like, they're not allowed to leave their campsite. So, like, if they would not... If for some reason they stumbled across another camp, that's not allowed. Oh. Yeah. They don't try because they're all starving and dying, so they don't try at all. But, um, yeah, so basically they get ten items that they pick from a, a list that's pre-approved, and then they just have to survive as long as they can. Cool. And then whoever survives the longest wins. Cool. Uh, the longest one was a guy who did 87 days by himself. Goddamn. That was in Patagonia. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that makes a difference, but mm. yeah, it's it's the, the it's the same trajectory. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, this could be on like, any channel. Oh, I can do this. I'm definitely going to do this. I'm going to do it because they went they went half a million dollars. Oh my god. Which is different than Naked and Afraid. That's why Naked and Afraid is insane. Because they win nothing. <laughs> they win nothing, and they have no supplies, and, and they're they are naked. naked. <laughs> <laughs> for 21 days but that has an end at least they oh yeah 21 days because that's how long your theoretically your body can go before you die from starvation. Right. <laughs> if you eat literally nothing for 21 right. days that is when you should be having organ failure so uh but yeah i mean it's just watching people starve star <laughs> over the course of two months it's really compelling so this is like the hunger games basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like all these tools go out there with their bows and they fucking can't hunt anything oh, God. yeah anyway so wow. Just Schadenfreude of alone. And you know, there's no real state. Everyone's like, oh man, you could really die out here because of bears. And it's like, dude, you're not going to get fucking eaten by a bear on TV. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Just because that one documentary, everybody thinks they're just going to watch people get eaten by bears. True, like, true. Alone. Uh, also, the whole world is like been encroached on in a way. So, like, th these are like kind of like, uh, you know, fantasy lands anyway, where, you know, it's just hearkening back to some other time. It's just nostalgia driven. It's like, we were way more, you know, self-sufficient back oh, yeah. then. We and, could do this. And now it's like, no, there's just a highway right over there, really. You have to, like, go out to be here. But, like, there, there's no stakes. There's like literally a camera crew. That, like, we have it too easy. To, like I know, I know. And that's those are the type of people that do this kind of stuff. Like, most people are normal. They do this stuff because they enjoy it. They yeah. might feel that way a little bit. Sure. I mean, I feel that way a little bit. But it's like. I'm also well, a person a, of the world. A mix. There's a mix of that. There's like definitely very like hippie types. That oh yeah, just, like, yeah. Soft and Those are the people that probably die though. 
<laughs> uh, none of them have made it yet. I yeah. Don't think. But yeah. Anyway, it's. I mean, it, it, that's the thing, man. We know a lot of hippie types, and they are not going to be. They're not foragers. They're just like sun and moon stuff. Right. That's not going to help you survive. Well, okay, so Foragers the, will survive. The hippiest one, she also knew about botanical medicine, and she okay. was a forager. Okay. And she did not well, leave, right. but she left. Mm-hmm. She didn't leave because she was starving to death and crying and screaming like everyone else. She was like, I just want to kind of go. I, like, <laughs> I don't want to destroy my body, and I had a really good – and she made it for two months. Wow. She, and she, by far, the best camp. She made herself a sauna. She made herself – like incredible that woman was living better than i live in the middle of the woods it was just like incredible she was great so she's the best like hippie type for well yeah and if the hippie type has foraging yeah like you're good yeah no they're not just like most of them have experience okay good for sure i mean that's good because this one's kind of intense this is a little more intense well naked and afraid it's like i get it but like that's so much more of a spectacle it's a spectacle yeah like they're really trying to survive out here totally (laughs) anyway wow what a tangent yes uh, I mean, that, I, I listened to the internet a little bit just because it okay. was on our playlist. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, is back on YouTube. It has been back for a while. What is? Uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's a uh, Katya and uh, uh, Trixie Mattel. It's called U N N H H H. I think on where Netflix, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. It's yeah. So it's it, it's from RuPaul Drag Race. You're right, right, right. Trixie and Katya. Yes, I do know them. That was the only season I've watched. They're the best. Um, but and yeah, I... they so they do ten minutes. Oh. A little videos about random stuff. They've been back for mm, a couple months now, but um, sweet, it's nice to have them. So that baller uh, and Netflix just came out with the Haunting of Bly Manor. So that's their what appears to be anthology series that they're trying to oh, murder house American thing. Horror Story. Um, so last year they did the Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and was that was thing. actually really, really good. Well, it was good until except the, last the very last episode. Right. I remember. Um, we talked yeah, about they that. totally messed up the landing for sure. But now they're do- it's like the same. We're like, where have we, where have we seen this girl before? Mm. Oh, she was literally in the last one. So yeah, this one's the haunting of Bly Manor. We only watched the first episode, but it's okay. It's about is it the same? Is author? it all the haunting of something? I'm assuming. Well, these this is the second one. And it's oh. like, oh, well, I guess the anthology, so it's not the same character. And I'm like, no. damn, the same character is going to a bunch of the hauntings of. <laughs> no, you should do something. Move different. to an apartment in yeah. a city. But uh, yeah, the the main actress in this one is the one that was kind of like the main character in the last one too well that's cool i mean they, that's why american horror story is fine because yeah. you'll have a big character be the main character yeah and, and like then... um stacia's watching ratchet Ratch- oh yeah yeah that's right Ratched, yes 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 um which is the newest brian murphy property about God. oh it's got her sarah paulson right yeah so yeah. that's why i was like anyway that okay what were that you... stuff died for me a long time ago yeah but... i don't care about that at all no uh, but nothing that I did mattered because hmm. Daniel, you something very important happened to you. What is your? What have you been doing? Oh yeah, no, I I left my job. What? What? Congratulations! Insert because you know it's. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I left. Uh, yeah, no, I um, I we're gonna be a, a different podcast soon. Quit. Quit is the word you're looking for. A quit. Yeah, I guess I quit my job. I resigned. I like to say resigned. Okay. I don't know about quit. I resigned my my years of service um yeah i mean i I worked at a place for five and a half years and i i left i'm gonna go to south dakota to sioux falls south dakota and uh kelly and i are gonna keep doing our podcast we started this podcast because you were gone for a year and a half and it was just a way for us to hang out but then we ended up working the same place then living at the same place carpooling every day so it's basically turned into a big hangout session which has been a lot of fun but the whole point of this podcast is to be able to do this wherever, anywhere. So it's going to be a true test next year to do that. Although we'll still also be around, I'm sure. And we're going to do Christmas. And yeah, we'll do Christmas. Yeah, all that's still going to happen. We'll do that from Sioux Falls. So we'll talk. We'll talk about that more then. But hopefully there will be more content for this channel. Because we'll have time. Because I will. I now have time to do this and do a lot of other things. So hopefully you'll, you'll hear about a lot of other things from me. Very quickly, I spent my week listening to the new Touche Amore record. Actually, not this week. It just came out on Friday um, called Lament, which is the same day I left. So great way to leave a job with one of my favorite bands dropping their newest record. Um, I love I love it. They're so good. Touche Amore, one of the best bands in the world. Uh, I spent the last weeks of my job listening to the discographies of Nina Simone nice. and Joe South who uh, played bass for Bob uh, during uh, Blonde on Blonde. I had no idea that he was actually a musician. And there's a couple of, like, good hits from the guy. Um, so Joe South, Nina Simone definitely did that. Uh, I, I listened to uh, 
Lou Reed's New York. They put out a deluxe edition of his 1989 album, New York, which is so good. And I just started listening to Prince's new box set for Sign of the Times that came out in 1987, the year I was born. It's eight hours long. It's wow. eight. The box set is eight hours. And I've, I'm, I've just made it through the, the album, the actual album itself. It's really good. Prince, going to give it a shot. Nice. Uh, that works out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm this Prince, this late '80s Prince is probably the sweet spot to be in. You know, I mean, you've got all the classics, all the Prince classics. Uh, so we'll see. But otherwise, yeah, I would recommend Lament, and I recommend leaving your job. So, mm. real simple. It's it's it can be. It can be if you don't have a lot of responsibilities, like children, or no good women. <laughs> All right, Kelly, this is the end of your no good. We are going to delete it off of our random. We're not picking another song, right? Isn't this the end? Isn't this the end? This is not how you play guitar. You learned earlier that this was song 119. So how would you think this was the end? Oh, shit, we have one more week. Yeah, 120. You got to pick 120. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we would be a lot more loose if this was our last episode. Oh, last year our last episode was Dirt. Which was like, That's a big one. That's a good one. Wow, shit. Um, that was 100. Oh. He only plays it for three beats and then he stops. He cuts it all off to have the, the line yeah. without a... So yeah, he just goes into that for just like really quick. Which is punk as fuck. I'm struggling with bar chords. Sounds good. No, I doubt any of that's going to make it. I get the... out of my system because I needed to know what was happening. Uh, now I feel confident that it was just a C and F and an A. C and an F. An A7. Well, an A power chord. Whatever. I don't know what seven chords are. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's pick the next song. <laughs> Let's make the last song. Last song for 2020 will be 120. It all worked out. What do you mean? Because it's 2020, and our oh, last and song, song is 120. And we only did 20 songs. We only did 20 Holy songs. Holy shit. Yeah, there's definitely some Illuminati shit over this. Alien over technology, this. Nazi weapon ring. Yeah, watch out. Who knows what's going to happen when you when you start listening to the 20th episode of 2020. That's also 120. What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, you'll have to. And it's season four, episode 2420. Oh, no! <laughs> and I have a smoke weed, but I'm sure someone appreciates that. I've deleted your no good off of our list. We're down to 374 songs. What a what manageable if we had number. 420 songs left. No. <laughs> I mean, I can make us have 420 songs oh, left. All right. 374 songs remain. What is your guess, Kelly, for next week, the last episode of season four? 183. Wow. Actually, a good random number. 183 in a different world would have been, oh, we would have been going to 1979 Slow Train. Slow Train Coming, his first Christian record. Uh, we would be doing the song Slow Train. It's a good song. 
Wait, so uh, the album's called Slow Train Coming, but the song is just Slow Train. Slow Train. Slow Train. Which we have actually heard before. Remember Dylan and the Dead? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode yeah, yeah. 15. So yeah, okay. they did a version of Slow Train there. Yeah, yep, exactly. So that could have been it. That's a good end, but that is not the end. Uh, the actual end is going to be 117. All right. Apropos, appropriate. 117 is a song called Life is Hard. Life is Hard. <laughs> Off of uh, 2000, 2009's uh, Together Through Life, which is our second Together Through Life song. We did uh, season three open with Beyond Here Lies Nothing. How do you remember this? I love these songs. I just know. I spend so much time on them. Uh, yeah, season three started with Beyond Here Lies Nothing. Um, yes. Had that music video, creepy music video. Yeah, Life is Hard. I think it's like the second to last song on this record. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we don't talk about this a lot. So, all right. So we'll end this year with Life is Hard off of 2009's Together Through Life. Kelly, hopefully life will not be hard for us this last week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. See you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. By the San Francisco Bay. She's taking the ocean line and she's going so far away. I didn't mean to treat her so bad. The best girl I ever have had. She said goodbye. She liked to make me cry. I want to lay down and die. I haven't got a nickel and got a lousy dime. If she don't come back. I think I'm gonna lose my mind If she ever come back to stick Spend another brand new day Walking with my baby down by the San Francisco Bay